hello nobody because we're on during the three o'clock games and everyone with anything in their brain will be watching that but hopefully the people later on will listen uh welcome to episode 139 at mike white's podcast i'm jack as always john back here so how are we doing yeah i'm good mate yourself yeah not bad yeah the uh it's a bit more important this weekend than it was last weekend we'll briefly talk about that uh it's weird, because if we'd have got a decision like that against us in the league, I'd have been fuming forever, but it didn't last as long in this. 2-0 defeat to West Ham. It's been a week. Has anyone been able to give you a cogent reason why that wasn't offside yet? It's blatantly not interfering. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> else to take it. Like, <laughs> you know, if you, if, if you were just laying on the floor, working on your laptop, and you had a child decide to jump over you, you wouldn't think about it. You just lay there, carry on with your work. Yeah, it was a it was a weird one that because even I believe that the the only argument I've heard that does have some logic to it, it is still incorrect. But was that before Bowen got there, Vlasic got another touch to the ball, which reset it. It doesn't reset it. That's not how that works. But mm. that is the one argument that I thought maybe the VAR person thought that was the rule. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was it's... funny because the commentary was there going, we expect this to be chalked off. Oh, it's been allowed. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you can t- we had the exact right people on to show it was offside because on the ITV coverage, the people saying, yeah, it's offside. I mean, obviously, Beckford was going to say it was offside. He doesn't count. But Jermaine Defoe and Dean Ashton, yeah. Yeah. Pick the ex uh, the ex West Ham guys going, oh yeah, it's definitely offside. So yeah, that made it easy enough. Uh and not it's even, nice not to see... even just ex West Ham. It's three strikers. Yeah. <laughs> the uh it was nice seeing uh Jermaine Defoe on the telly because I have unironically seen him suggested as a lead signing now he's left Rangers. I to be honest, I assume that's why he was there. Yeah, it was just <laughs> having a look, seeing what was going on, getting ready. Yeah. Uh, to take over for our five injured strikers. Um, obviously, they got another one late on when we were pushing on. Decent finish from Bowen. But um, I suppose the main thing out of that game is, like, with the the two the levels of the two sides on display, we were all expecting to get beat. That's not really a big worry. I suppose the more interesting thing is, uh, how what did you think to Leo Hilder <laughs> and Lewis Bate? I thought I thought Hilder. Looked good. I thought he had a very good game and, and exactly what you wanted, especially coming up against someone like Antonio. You know, that's it's a test for anyone. Um, but I thought he dealt with it about as well as as well as you could when you you've been thrown into a game in that situation. I thought he had a genuinely good performance, not just a I oh, did well, all things considered. I thought he played just well. Um I thought Lewis Bate had some good touches and passes. Um but I thought we probably weren't in control enough for him to show how uh, show what he can do and, and sort of it wasn't really a game that sco- suited his skill set entirely, but played himself fine. Yeah. I liked watching Bear on the ball. I thought he was really good at getting himself into space when um any of our back four had the ball. Mm. I thought that he was better than most that we've had on the pitch at any point in midfield at getting into space in that situation. Uh, and he did fine going forward. Kielder, I agree. I thought he was excellent. 
for the first time in a long time, I ended up doing the player ratings on Fruit altogether. And I gave him our man of the match, and I thought he deserved it. I thought it was excellent. Mm. Um, on the goal itself, it got rolled too easily by Vlasic. But then I suppose he made a goal-saving tackle to block it, and then the flag should have gone up. Yeah. So he, the one the one mistake he made, he covered he recovered from it brilliantly. It's not his fault that then a decision isn't given afterwards. Uh, he did, yeah. I thought I thought it was really good, and I was glad to see it because in the twenty threes, I haven't been sure about him because he's been shoved out to left back quite a lot because we haven't got one. Mm. Uh, so I wasn't sure what we were going to see, um, but I, I was I was very pleased with him. Yeah, I thought I thought he was all right, and then you had Sam Greenwood up front, who I just don't think had enough to work off of to to get into the game, unfortunately. No, well, I mean, it says a lot that I didn't even really bring him up because I didn't think there was a great deal to say. He's technically very good. He's so two-footed. He's definitely got the ability, but it's a, he's thrown in and up front where he's barely played up front for the last 15, 16 months. He's been playing in midfield. Yeah. So it was a bit harsh on him, and then he got injured as well. Yeah, which, you know, exactly what we needed right now. Um, yeah. But, no, I, sp- I suppose the, the kind of good thing to come out of the changes for me was that it was it was nice to see us at least look like we were having a go in the game as opposed to last year when it was, you know, the kids coming on at the sort of pre-arranged times and weakening the team. It was quite nice to see us actually think, like bringing on Rafinha, I, I don't know if it's what I would have gone with, but yeah, was... I think the only one that came off to me as a pre-arranged change was Tacky Dealing off on the hour mark, dead on the hour mark for sure. Yeah, I thought hmm, that that strikes me as the planned that one beforehand. I am still very surprised from the way that game was going. I thought it was very harsh on Lewis Bates to take him off at halftime for Dallas, and mm. I thought genuinely that his midfield looked poorer for the change. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seemed an odd one, given none of us were bothered about the game. Um, to to make those changes, I don't. I don't think we'd have really lost anything from from bait playing. You know, an hour or seventy minutes, whatever. But after the last few time, after the last few goes at the FA Cup, it seemed quite nice to at least think, oh, we're, we're sort of trying to go for this game. Yeah, we had half a go. You could call it half a go, I think. Yeah. But with, with the squad at the minute, that's all you can expect. Um, moving on to the, there has actually been some news this week, which is different. Unfortunately, the main bit of it, well, I say the main bit of it, in a way it is, in a way it isn't, but it's been the big talking point. Um, the headline writer's dream drama involving Cody Drama. Um, yeah, he's yeah. gone on one to Cardiff. Which in and of itself is fine. It's weird that it's happening now and not in two weeks when in theory we'll have a couple of players back. Uh which and they did it. And there was an before all of, before the press conference yesterday, which is what really brought got this going. There was a couple of bits in the news stories. Every news story that came out about it had a line in that were Leeds have decided to let him go out on loan, quote, after talks with the player and his agent. 
Yeah, that his, was, agent, that his was agent was always in every article, wasn't it? it yeah, it wasn't regardless of the publication, it was always there. And that was a slight alarm bell. Just because you... And I have since seen all over Twitter, this, this agent, he seems to have a lot of players that have forced moves in the last two years. Yeah, you know, that kick off a bit and stuff, which makes me think that it is probably on the agent. Now, should Cody Drama be wanting to play more senior football? Absolutely he should. I have absolutely no issue with that. This loan, as much as it's to go play for Steve Morrison, probably will do him good as a footballer. But the way it's been handled hasn't it hasn't exactly been great. I there's a lot of Leeds fans that have taken it as, you know, fuck you. I want nothing to do with you ever again. Fuck off out of the club, etc. Thank you. Which fuck I think, you, bye. Yeah, which I think is, I think that's overkill. But if Bielsa is here next season, I don't think Cody Drama will be. No. Um, and again, it's kind of that world, as much as I know, I, I have an Instagram account. It, it's very odd when you're seeing, a, a, I say a grown man, he's, 2021, 20, isn't it? I think but, he's 20. But this whole, I'm going to delete any Leeds United pictures and unfollow Leeds United. Yeah, that's I've got it here. Apparently, go now I don't have an Instagram. I never use it. I don't. I don't go on it. Apparently, he regularly deletes all his photos anyway. Like that's something he just does all the time. Apparently. But the unfollowing everyone involved with Leeds, other than like Somerville and someone else, was a bit weird. He also he did the exact same when he was leaving Fulham as well. Um, but yeah, it's the the quotes from Bielsa which I have here. Uh, I didn't think he needed to play games elsewhere. He was a player who was very necessary with all the absences we've had, but he preferred to play outside of Leeds. In a situation where opportunities for youngsters has increased clearly, in this case, Drama would prefer to experiment outside our team. I consider that position valid. I don't think it makes sense to oppose him. This is the one that I really felt like it's, you know, the, your parents saying they're not mad, they're disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think Bielsa said this to me. I think I'd cry. What I imagine as a great opportunity, he imagined in a different way. It's more important what he thinks than what I think. I don't think it's convenient to oppose in a situation where a player does or doesn't want to belong. Yeah. I, th- I think for me it was... There, there was that, because obviously Bielsa very much takes responsibility for everything and, you know, will never really criticise anyone particularly. Um I thought what was the the last quote? Is it the one that was on Adam Pope's Twitter? Because I've got it. Here. Yeah, I've got. Yeah. Uh, Bielsa, whilst wondering where his own shortcomings may be, adds that Drama has preferred to quote not to go through a cycle to make him an elite player. Oof. That was oh Jesus, aloe vera necessary. <laughs> um, as I say, it's I don't hate him for it or anything, but it does sound like. Uh, Drama and his agent, and as someone who is on the outside with no massive evidence, my instinct is the agent has really not handled themselves in the best way here. Yeah, and I fully appreciate the stance of as an agent wanting your player to be playing football regularly, 
but it's it's the it is the timing of it. Like I know the offer come has come in, and th- there will be talks as to whether Cardiff had a number of targets they were looking at, and if we'd have said no, no uh, uh, if you wait two weeks, we can loan him out then. And their thinking is, oh well, we'll just go after someone else. Yeah. So that's what's driven it through. But yeah, the, you know, the, he he's made his Premier League debut this year. He's made a few appearances. Um, it's on the bench every week at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, it, it seems an odd time to be pushing a move away from a Premier League club at that time. But yeah, I mean the. The one thing that you'd have to say is obviously Shackleton's injured at the minute, but you would still say that he's still, even with all the injuries, his third choice in this position. Yeah, because Dallas is, is, I still think, is the most likely move to right back before. Yeah, if Ailing's out. Yeah. The only reason that Drama gets it is because Dallas is having to play in five different positions every week. Yeah. Um, so it's I can under I, I as it the loan itself I think is a is the right thing. It's just I don't it doesn't seem to have been handled in the best way, and it's clearly pissed the Elsa off because he he doesn't say things like that for no reason. No, I it's the the, the number of things that happened, and I think it was on the Phil Hay podcast when they likened it to Samu Saiz and and his wanting to leave. Yeah, um, you, you can see the parallels there, and again, it, it, if it is the thinking of well, he wants to leave, right? Let him. It I does th- appear that that is Bielsa's attitude. You want to go? Yeah. Fine, go. I mean, like he said as much. If a player wants I, to leave, I'm not going to oppose it. Can I come back and get my flip flops? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Any player who comes to me and says he doesn't want to be here can count on me to let him leave. That's a quote. Like, I, God, I love Bielsa so much. <laughs> because, like, that's what we all say when we've had six pints down the pub. If he wants to go, fuck him. He can go. But it's a completely different thing to be actually in charge. You go, no, he can go. I have no well, opinion on this Look- either way. But you know what? Fuck Cody Drum. <laughs> <laughs> can, can Liam McCallum play left back? Cool. He can play right back then. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was quite funny through all this as well because I was just what I was watching the uh, the Bournemouth game earlier. Just Leaf Davis started that for them, and I was like, "Wouldn't be the worst thing if he could come back." Yeah, because you know, especially at left back, if Dallas is the cover for right back and the cover for left back and centre mid. And if he gets injured, <laughs> this whole thing falls to pieces. Well, I can't, I can't actually remember his name off the top of my head, but we were being linked with, is it Oldham's left back? It was a young, pardon me, a young kid. Who'd, uh, one of them, again, who's been playing a bit of senior football and he'd be like three quarters of a million to a million. Very Victor Orta, under 23 signing. We'll see with that one. The main one is, of course, our big central midfield signing has got a new deal, Adam Forshaw. Uh, a new one-year deal, uh, so to the end of to summer 2023. 
uh, and Leeds have an option of a second year. Good to put the option on the Leeds end because as much as I'm delighted with how well he's come back and he looks every bit of Premier League footballer despite all the injuries, you never know. If it goes again, he is done. Yeah. <laughs> so so no, you don't but... want to be giving him a long contract, but... Very good news because if we wouldn't have had him this last month and a half, I think we'd have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I th- he came back and very quickly became integral. Like, and I don't know that's involved two heavy defeats, but you know, the, the, the amazing thing is at no point have I looked and thought he, he looks out of it or no. he looks like this game is. is too fast for him, apart from the Man City game when it was too fast for literally all of them. Yeah. His first couple of games back, he looked a bit slow. Mm. But he's he has done unbelievable. I don't think that there's been many times where I've seen a player get a new contract and I thought, God, I'm really pleased for you. Yeah. Because it's not like, you know, he's made it to 30 and he's been playing in the top two divisions for the last 10 years. Like, if he retired, he'd be absolutely fine. So it's not about that, but the fact that he's worked for Adam, made his way back, and been able to play at this level is genuinely he's, a very he's, impressive he's feat. In, he's gone in for treatment for pretty much two years at this point and watched everyone celebrate a promotion and then everyone have the joy of that first Premier League season. And he's just had to lie there throughout that whole thing and just mm. wait and hope. Um. And then we all sat there through his first first game back, and every time he did anything, you're thinking, uh, uh, mm, "I don't slide for that." Like, yeah, he's he's absolutely earned it. He's done brilliantly. Um, well, we're just coming up on half time. In the perfect result, Newcastle are still nil nil with Watford, and Norwich are two nil up against Everton. Which, if that finishes like that, I think Rafa Benitez is getting sacked. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Rafa. Uh, will we feel like anyone else is getting sacked after a second trip to West Ham on Sunday? No. Um, obviously, <laughs> yeah. True, even if we get beat 8-0, no. Uh, but, so since the FA Cup game, uh, Juventus is now suspended. Cody Drama has fucked off to Cardiff. And Furple, it sounds like he's fit after the head injury, because it wasn't a concussion, apparently. Mm. So he should be fit. And then in his press conference, Phil Hare said, the immortal words that we'll see if they're true, Strauch, Rodrigo and Bamford are options. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think any of those three start? I could see strike starting out of any of them. How long has Strauch been out? I can't remember. I think it's been a while. It's the, the, All but, these injuries just blend into one. Bamford, he, got injured, Bamford got injured at Newcastle and it all fell to pieces, basically, is, is how I remember this. Yeah, I, I've, I was trying to like put together a team in my head and I do keep thinking if one of them is going to get thrown in. I, I could honestly see Strauch and Bamford starting. Even though it's so unbelievable, that is not his way to put throw two back in. But I really, I don't think there's any chance of Rodrigo starting. But Strauch would make such a difference, especially when Robin Cock is probably going to have to play DM. 
Yeah. Um, so that would make a big difference. And obviously, Bamford, if if he plays, is the only fit striker. It's Dan James if he doesn't. Just, and, and if he scores, just relaxed celebrations. Just, just shake just... hands. <laughs> don't go near the crowd. Don't get COVID. Yeah. Don't, don't do anything stupid now. Just, yeah, uh, like you say, nice gentle handshakes and a walk, walk back to halfway. Yeah, apparently Thomas Suchek and Mark Noble are both looking like they'll be available again for West Ham. I'm uh, more bothered about Suchek, but yeah, I mean, Mark, they've got other people can take the penalty if Mark Noble's not playing, which is basically what he's for at this point. And Kurt Zuma's back in training, which would be a shame for us because, uh, as much as they, it's not a bad defense, but Dawson and Diop, it's a much stronger defensive zoom as there. Yeah, I'd, I'm just looking at their team because again, theirs is their their first team is is still pretty strong, and I know they, they, they put out a good team against us. They put out full strength team against Norwich midweek. Um, but yeah, as you kind of look through their bench, you know they're. Not to the same extent we have, but you know they were down to sort of four, five first team players, as opposed to Mateus Click and children. Yeah, um, I say there's it's a very good side. They're up there in the league for a reason. When you think through the team, I suppose the main things are. I I think we should probably assume Thurpo's fit from everything that's been said this week. Because obviously, if he's not fit, that means Dallas is playing left back, and that the knock-on effects of that are massive. <laughs> um. So, do you think that you'll will end up? Well, I'm basically trying to figure out what the centre backs are going to be. Like, does he play right back and move Ailing across? Does he play cock at the back with say Strauch, and then he has to play force your DM? I've got, do, I've so got... if, you, if you do that, so it would be for sure, click. Like, there's one then... here that I noted. Uh, Melly Engel, Ailing, Cox, Strauch, Furpo, for sure, then Rafinha on right, Dallas and click it middle, James on left and Bamford up top. If Bamford isn't fit, Harrison on left with James up top. That's if Strauch is fit to play. But if Strauch isn't fit to play, do you just keep every, all the midfielders where they are and just put Hilder in? I think so. Yeah, you and, and just replace Bate with Dallas from. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I, like I, the... I mean, I mean, Tats, in terms of the lineup, we're going to go with the same formation, aren't we? That they're not likely to change. No, they'll be. You will be roughly four two three one unless something mental happens. So we'll be four one four one. Yeah. Uh I don't even know anymore. Just yeah, as the, the other the other issue just is put Cock... Max Dean up front. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, there was a game last night. I don't know if you saw it. Absolute worldy. That. Yeah. Two one win over Wigan in the Premier League Cup with a very 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 young under twenty three side. It's a good result. A really good goal from Noan Kenner, and then a much better one from Max Dean. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm starting to really like Max Dean. Obviously, the, the first time I properly saw him was that Arsenal game. 
Mm. Um, and his his work rate is is what makes you love him. But I, I think he's a good footballer as well. Yeah, he's definitely. There's some shades of um. There's some shades of Alan Smith about the way he chases everything down and just he's really aggressive and seems permanently pissed off. Mm. Uh, I do wonder with all the injuries if he could end up just on the bench. Love it. Well, I mean, I know it sounds like Rodrigo might be fit enough to be on the bench this time. And if Bamford's there, Rodrigo and Dan James, that's probably enough strikers in Bielsa's mind to cover. Yeah. But there is an argument for throwing Max Dean on there. I said, the other thing with our team would be if he doesn't want to play for sure in holding mid, which I could understand why he's better when he's slightly further forward. If Cock plays in DM, then we are properly a centre-back shot. So you're looking at Ailing and Strauch or Ailing and Hjelda? I really do not see Ailing and Hjelda. Yeah, I think you can only do that if Strauch's fit, can't you? You can only play Cock in DM if Strauch's fit. Yeah. No, I don't... As, as much as I think Luke Ailing understands the role and and can do the position, he's not the man I want to see be having to deal with Mikel Antonio. Yeah, when he's only... And he would also be having to... As much as Yelda did well, if you're the other centre-back alongside Yelda, your job is to shepherd him through it as well. Mm-hmm. Which Ailing is good at. He's got the experience, but when he's playing out of position, you don't really want that. No. No, I don't want him to be the senior central defender, really. Mm. Um, I feel like I'll tell you what we do need in this game. We could we need a performance out of Rafinha, and I know that it's a lot of pressure on him, and it's not fair because he's dragged us out shit loads of times this season. But the uh, we need a performance out of him for this game. I'd, I'd be it'll be very interesting to see because I did think in the cup game again, given it's a, it's going to be a very similar team. I don't think West Ham ever really got out of second gear. No. Um, well, now, whether that's a case of they were holding back for that or or whatever it was, but it was it was a little bit of a shame because I did feel like that we could have got them probably a bit more than we did. Um, but I know it was you know you would you would have been there. I I didn't get to that one, but the game at Ellen Road was a competitive game. First half, if I'm first half, we're all of them actually. We played some really good stuff, but out of that game in the end, a draw would have been a fair result, and then Antonio nicked it late. And mm. um, with it wasn't his fault, we the actual problem was we overcommitted too many men forward in the last minute and got caught. It was the one time in the entire game that Cresswell got a little bit out of position and against Antonio and struggled, having been really good for 92 and a half minutes. Yeah, uh. Kill for Charlie but, Cresswell. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't mind Richard Cresswell at this point. I, I, mm, he's a striker. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just looking at that. The, the only other thing that I think is that like, if if Furpo isn't fit and Dallas plays left back, that leaves that gap in the middle. Yeah. And then you just have to wonder, does, does Lewis Bate get another go? Or do they just stick cocking DM, stick cocking way, uh, and just play for sure and click? It's probably that, isn't it? 
Probably, yeah. Yeah. If Dallas plays left back, that probably. If the weird thing is that that means that if Dallas plays left back, just in order to make the midfield work, we're more likely to have the less experienced centre back partnership. That's that's what makes the ailing Hilda thing most likely. Is if Furpo's not fit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's there's so I, I, many moving pieces when you try and work out our team. It was bad enough when we. Just trying to figure out what made a full strength team. It's it's a real headache now trying to mm. place it. At some point, I don't know. Lewis Bates going to end up as a right back or something, just filling in because he can press forward with the ball well. Yeah, I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, I mean, before before we got properly injured, um, Bielsa did pick Forshaw at right wing back in a couple of friendlies, didn't he? So, so you you never know. Um, the usual question, mate. How do you think this is going to go? Not well. Not confident. No. No. You know. I, you God, know, you sat, the resignation in your voice. Oh shit! Uh, You're the positive one of the two of us. We've just lost to them. I think we're going to lose again. Um, I'm gonna say two one. Like I don't think it's gonna be ridiculous or anything, but I don't see us getting anything from it. No idea why one 0 win. <laughs> Love it. Just, I am. I never go for a needlessly positive thing, but I've just got a weird feeling we're gonna win this game, and I don't think we'll deserve to either. I, th- I think we'll be second best. Yeah. I mean, we could always just um, pull what was a Liverpool and is now an Arsenal after the news today and just get it, try and get it called off. Just go around the boot room and just test them all quickly, see if anyone has COVID. Yeah. like Has one of you got any symptoms? Just one. Well, with that today, have you seen that they have officially called off the Arsenal Spurs game? Yeah. Now... I would love to... I'm not actually having to go at Arsenal because it's not their fault. According to the rules, their squad is low enough with their one COVID case that they can get the game called off. What I'm having to go at is the Premier League because those rules are fucking stupid. Yeah. Because you, know, you have to have like 14 senior players, is it now? Well, because that includes... Now, now that they've actually put a number on it as, as opposed to before it was a... It was just a, you write in your case and we'll tell you yes or no. Yeah, but basically it's like they under 23 players only count as a senior player if they have played a game for someone this season. So if you've got an under 23 that's really highly rated and has never played, it doesn't count. So all it, all it ends up being is the club saying, we don't trust any of these kids. And it's just stupid. And we've we had a couple called off. And admittedly, our squad situation was worse than when Arsenal and Liverpool are doing it by a long way. Yeah. But I think we have now reached a point where the piss is being taken and they just ought to say, no, nah, you're playing. Unless you have, I don't know, seven cases of COVID. Not seven out, not 12 out. Or maybe mm. even only five but a certain number that are COVID cases. Because, like, for instance, Leeds' squad is fully vaccinated, they've already said. 
if Leeds had an outbreak despite that, which could happen, and we had seven players out with COVID, I think it's probably fair for that game to get postponed. But if we've got two out with COVID and seven injured, mm. I think that's tough. And I think that should be the same. I think we've we've reached a point now where clubs are... I mean, we all joked about it when we were getting battered every week, saying, can we just say a couple of them have got COVID so we can get these games called off? And that's now what's happening, I think. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, this is not a, a disrespectful comment about the African Cup of Nations, but you can't be pissed off when you sign players who are going to go to that tournament regularly. And then they go to that tournament. Yeah, like, and the press release specifically said, as one of the reasons, with players away at the African Cup of Nations. It's like, yeah, but you knew you knew this was likely going to come in August. You know, the only the only thing was, is Thomas Partey going to go to the African Cup of Nations, or is he going to be injured? Yeah, I think he's gone to the African Cup of Nations. You know, uh, just uh, just a thing that I've just seen, just to mention. Um, you know, like Fulham's games have been fucking mental lately. Yeah. Including their 7 0 win away at Reading, where Andy Carroll scored two absolute belters that both got disallowed. Yeah. Uh, just coming up on half time uh, in first half stoppage time, it's Fulham 5, Bristol City 2. Wow. Uh, Mitrovic has got a first half hat trick. His, his goal record this season is phenomenal. Well, last I, I saw, know... last I saw, it was twenty-four goals in twenty-three games. Yeah, I've just checked. This the BBC one isn't updated. He's played twenty-three. He's got twenty-four goals and six assists, and he's got a first-half hat trick today. So it's actually twenty-seven. Yeah. <laughs> remember when he didn't play that well? Oh, he's just, also like... got an assist. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember that year he didn't play so well under Scott Parker. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. The year that they went up and he wasn't even playing that well. So they ended up dropping him a bit at the end of the season because they played mm. better without him. He did still get about 27 goals that season. Yeah. He just didn't play well. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? A, yeah. Because I watched, I watched the Bournemouth game earlier, like I said, and that was mad. It's great seeing Luton play like that, though. Oh a... yeah, you're, you're now in a house where there is no BT, aren't you? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have BT. Um, the money grabbing bastards, yeah. not like Sky. <laughs> um, because mom and that... pop shop Sky. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I quite like about that was we briefly got a glimpse into a, a, a world of bad refereeing without VAR because uh, Luton scored a second, Cameron Jerome, and he was offside, hmm. but the flag did not go up, so they celebrated. They went back to their half. And while all the replays were going on, including, you know, several angles of the goal, then to check for offside, like check and see if it was offside. And then it cuts back. And then the linesman is stood there with his flag held up. And you're like, right, this is two minutes after the goal has gone in. Yeah. And you have now put your flag up. I don't think that's how this works. No, that, uh, mind you, like, it's... It... I'd I'd still rather that version of shit refereeing than the VAR version. Well, just look to that. No, I I think I, I think I sat there and generally went, look, that goal should have been disallowed, but you clearly were disallowing it. So I'd rather I'd rather be angry at humans than angry at humans who are aided by technology. Yeah. 
Right, well, um, so you are very, very much a pessimist. For some reason this week, I am an optimist. It doesn't happen very often. Maybe it's just because I'm not working nights next week and <laughs> because I have been working this week, I'm just in a good mood. Nice. But hopefully, and I've, for one of the only times this season, I've actually got to work during the game, so I'm really not going to be productive for two hours during tomorrow's shift. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so, hope, God, actually, if we win, that sets an awful precedent. That means for away games, I've got to try and work. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that will do us for episode 139 at Mighty White's podcast. We will be back some point next week because the, oh, God, next one after this is Newcastle at home, isn't it? Yeah. Which is you know quite the large match. We got, is it the international break after this game? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, is it, oh is, it a cup, is it a cup break, Newcastle, then international? Uh, yeah, I believe that that is right. We've got Newcastle on 22nd and then Villa's on the 9th of Feb. So I don't know if that's FA Cup. That that probably is FA Cup fourth round, isn't it? Or is it international? I don't know. Either way, we don't have a game. Yeah. If it's international break, we'll play Liverpool then. Because that'd be an interesting game. <laughs> you know, if we're ever going to play Liverpool, I'd rather do it while Salah and Mane aren't there. Yeah. Well, there's a decent chance of that. We'll see. But yeah, that will do us and we'll be back next week. So I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.